It was a weekend of injury for important players around Major League Soccer. Rodolfo Pizarro, one of them, as his star and national team hopes continue to fade under the Florida sun. Meanwhile, the Florida sun has only brought the best out of this man. Nani, the Portuguese star, has defenders reeling, Orlando City roaring, and us asking, is he Major League Soccer's most valuable player? And tensions between the U.S. Women's National Team and the U.S. Soccer Federation are at an all-time high. Will there be any winners in this now very public battle? All this and more starting now on Football Americas. Welcome to the show. Great to have you here on ESPN+. Plus. There is my colleague Hercules Gomez back from vacation, shaking his head at me as always. How was the break? Not from Football Americas, but from me, your boy, Sebi. It was uh, much needed, I'll tell you what. Uh, but I missed you. I missed the little guy. Let me get back on you. There we go. Now I'm there. Am I good, director? Uh, okay. I had to go down yeah. a bit for Seb. Mm-hmm. I missed mm-hmm. you, my man. How are you doing? You're still killing it at Euros. Uh, very good to see Good. I didn't miss the short jokes. Uh, I see you got no new material from your time down in San Diego uh, at the zoo. Speaking (laughs) of, we do have a lot of material coming in in this show. We have two top fives to get to. One we had plenty of choices for, right? Nani goals so far this season. The other one we didn't have a ton of choices for, and that is Mexican number nines who are playing healthy and fit at the moment. But we'll get to all that a little bit later on. And in case you ever miss an episode of the show, you can always... Listen to us, right? Herc, we fought hard for this. The podcast is now available wherever you download your podcast. Just find it under the ESPN FC feed. All right, let's get to the uh, first issue at hand here on Football Americas. The weekend that was in Major League Soccer. The good, bad, and ugly, as we always do, Herc. We start with the good. The kids keep scoring. First off, 17-year-old Quinn Sullivan for Philadelphia against Chicago. A scissor kick beauty in his first start first goal. Herc, you couldn't draw it up better for this game. Hold on a second. Give the man some love. 17. He just turned 17 in March. The only reason he got this start is because Alejandro Bedoya has a calf injury and he scores in his first start with the, what? A scissor? No, a bicycle kick, my friend. Chilena. Youngest goal scorer in Union history. And then an old man uh, by these standards. 18-year-old Ricardo Pepe with two goals for FC Dallas. He's also been called up to both the U.S. and Mexican youth national teams in his career. He did represent the U.S. at the U-17 level, but this is a kid who has a lot of people talking, including Fabrizio Romano Herc, the reporter from Europe, who says that multiple Italian teams were interested in Pepe as early as January. I guess it's official now. Don Garber told us as much in the interview that he did with you. Major League Soccer is now a selling league. What a turnaround from a couple years ago. And much needed. If you want to be a participant in the global market, you also have to export. And let's be honest, Sebi, uh, what is not a selling league if you're not the Premier League, La Liga, France? I mean, the majority are selling leagues around the world, so this means Major League Soccer is finally participating in the global market. Now, going back to these two players, 17-year-old and an 18-year-old, Ricardo Pepe, that's four goals on the year. He, he's clamoring, he's knocking, he's begging for playing time, more playing time, more starts with Luchi Gonzalez in that very anemic attack, or I should say display of what is FC Dallas, one of the... Uh, poorest teams in the division or in the conference I should say he's a very good player 6-1 still growing into that frame with a unique skill set and that skill set is he's an absolute killer he's learning how to combine more and more and Quinn Sullivan when you score a goal like that uh, to announce yourself to a world in a program 
that's like FC Dallas been known for churning out those products and getting them game ready, top flight ready. Uh, that screams volumes of what they're doing, what Jim Curtin, the Philadelphia Union are doing, but also you as a player taking your opportunity when it comes. Mm. It's great for MLS to be considered a selling league. I'm still having questions about the teams that are considered selling teams. It's great to see FC Dallas move these players. It's great to see the Philadelphia Union continue to give these players opportunities. We just had the New York Red Bulls with Caden Clark selling to RB Leipzig. Of course, that deal won't happen in terms of the move until the end of this season. But I always wonder, Herc, about the clubs left behind. Can selling teams actually win in MLS? And when I say win, I don't mean Supporter Shield. I mean MLS Cup. I mean, yeah. can they compete in CONCACAF Champions League? And no. to me, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Philly's the closest, but they're not really there close to getting over that hump. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's one thing to be a feeder team, a selling team within what is uh, Europe, but it's another thing to actually win in Major League Soccer. And if we've seen... In Major League Soccer in the last past, I don't know, five, six winners, it's those teams that invest in the designated players, those teams that invest in their rosters are the teams that succeed in Major League Soccer. They may do it in an intelligent manner, but they still invest. You still have those DPs that are making millions. You still have those uh, DPs that draw crowds. Now, supporter shields, those can happen. We've seen them happen before. Uh, Philly's an example of that, uh, of doing things maybe in your own way and having things go your way. And FC Dallas has been that in the past, but the teams that really do well in Major League Soccer are those who spend. Mm. Speaking of those who spend and designated players, Inter-Miami is one of those teams. And one of the players that they spend on is Rodolfo Pizarro. He's the subject of that. Now, why? He returns from injury in a 2-1 loss against Orlando City. I guess that's the good. He gets an hour of play. But because of these injuries now, Herc, he has been dropped from the Mexican national team roster for their upcoming friendlies, which leads me to the bigger question. Did the move to Inter-Miami, which was very controversial for Pizarro at the time when he left Mexico, has it stalled his international career with El Tri? Not only his international career, but I would argue it stalled his European jump, which was the whole purpose of him coming to Major mm -hmm. League Soccer, Seb. 26 games played over two seasons. He's got four goals and six assists. That is a Rolfo Pizarro and to no fault of his own. I'm sure when David Beckham, Jorge Mas were selling him this idea when they picked up the phone, whatever the in-person meeting was, it was, hey, center of the attack, the number 10 shirt in our very electric attack. Brought to you by Diego Alonso, the very pragmatic coach. We're going to get in world stars, global stars to help you achieve your goals on the field so you can achieve your goals and your dreams off the field of getting to Europe. That's not been the case. Even when they cheated, while they cheated, they still couldn't do it right. 60p, 70p's, whatever you want. The manipulation of the roster rules, they couldn't put a successful team on the field for Rodolfo Pizarro, elements for Rodolfo Pizarro to actually be successful with. And then you Another get injured <laughs> to no fault of his own. It's injury that it happens, but this has definitely stalled international career now because he's back on the field, but he hasn't had that game rhythm. So Tata Martino and the Mexican national decide, hey, you need to get that rhythm. You're not going to be with us for the first couple of friendlies. So the transfer talk around Pizarro is heating up, but it's not to Europe like I think he and probably Inter-Miami would have hoped. Instead, he's being linked back to Mexico, potentially Chivas, Rayados, the club that he came for. Interesting comments from Phil Neville, who says, no way he leaves and that he's going to be a, quote, great Inter-Miami player. Herc, should Rodolfo Pizarro leave Inter-Miami? 
Yeah, absolutely. And listen, there, there aren't Liga Mekis teams that are going to be able to afford him. He makes over $3 million uh, a year. Chivas can't afford that. Monterrey, they're going to take him back after what happened, the way he left and the way they were kind of embarrassed and made look like fools uh, for his departure. So that's not going to happen. So if those two of maybe the biggest five clubs in Mexico are already ruled out, I don't see other clubs taking a chance on a 27-year-old, by the mm-hmm. way. And listen, Phil Neville can say whatever he wants, but it's evident. There's frustration all over the field. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, every time Rodolfo Pizarro has the ball and doesn't get it to him, his hands are up in frustration. So it's evident. You can see that this hasn't been a good situation. And if Rodolfo Pizarro, at 27 years old, I know you've made his money, but he's a very good player. I've gone as far, Sebi, to go on record as saying he's the most talented of his generation. If he wants to go to Europe... And you were wrong. No, you can be talented. Doesn't mean you're successful. There's a big difference. So I was right. Okay, we'll see about that. Chucky Lozano's in his generation. I'm sure you don't think he's as talented, <laughs> talented. right? Okay. Okay, got it, got mm-hmm. it. Zero goals, one assist this season for the very talented Rodolfo Pizarro with Inter Miami. It's an ugly stat line. Let's move on to the ugly then. And this has to do with Alan Pulido, who actually, we should say, is playing quite well, right? Scored a goal for Sporting Kansas City in a 2-1 victory over LAFC. But then he shows us the wound. Uh, oh my gosh, Herc, this is actually uh, reminiscent of Chucky Lozano. Remember when he... Uh, Posted a similar picture on social media. You ever yeah. have one of these from your career? Yeah, you know what? Actually, that Chucky Lozano injury was Michael Orozco of the U.S. Men's National Team when he was playing for mm-hmm. Puebla. I recall that injury. Uh, I, listen, all players have these types of things happen. It shouldn't limit him too much. Uh, there's talk of him maybe being dropped. Uh, I don't think it's going to go that far. We don't know because these things can reopen, resurface. But it's a shame because he's quietly putting on quite a show and not just this season he's got six goals one assist this season but in the last 23 games played the man has 12 goals six assists he's been as good as advertised and here's the kicker last season sporting kc the best team in the west this Mm -hmm. season only behind seattle which is (laughs) unremarkable just blowing things out of the water uh he's that good the highest transfer fee in sporting kansas city history is quietly making a case for himself of being the best, one of the best, I should say, Mexican players uh, in the league or one of the best Mexican players uh, that's played in Major League Soccer. Sporting Kansas City, Peter Vermees, they've been waiting, waiting for that number nine to kind of finish off their formation for a long time. Pulido, obviously, right now, seems to be very much the perfect fit for that team as they're playing really well. All right, another ugly incident. Probably, Herc, you could argue that this should have been our ugly from the weekend that was in Major League Soccer. MLS now launching an investigation into allegations of a racist comment directed towards Portland Timbers' uh, Diego Chara in a match between Portland and Minnesota United over the weekend. According, according to PRO, which is the Professional Refs Organization, the referee and match officials didn't witness or hear any comments, so they couldn't issue any sanctions on the field. There's kind of two sides to this story right now. Timbers' uh, manager, Gio Savaresi, has said a discriminating word was used. He said he's, quote, extremely disappointed. Minnesota United, Herc, has come out with a statement saying their player, who they didn't name, the player involved, quote, denied making any derogatory remarks. So it's kind of a he said, he said, and we await uh, further investigation and the announcement of what comes out of that investigation from MLS. Franco Fragapane is the player that uh, is rumored to be involved, and yeah. he denies... He's, I think we should say it this way, Herc. On the video is the closest to the incident. Correct. A- a- you, we, we see the video. You can see that he's the one uh, most likely to be involved from Minnesota United. Correct. And I've already heard things from people that I've spoken to, people within uh, the Minnesota organization surrounding both parties, I should say, where some have gone as far as say, well, 
it's it's one of those things that doesn't mean that in South America. Uh, mm. Diego Charas from Colombia. Giovanni Savarese, who took offense to this, is from Venezuela. Uh, so throw that out the window. What I will say is it's an unfortunate incident that we're still having to deal with these things uh, in 2021. And it worries me till we're getting to the point uh, within Major League Soccer that if nothing's done, it'll keep happening. And what I mean by this is this isn't the first situation that Portland's had uh, with ra a racist comment. Adama Diomande, when he was at LAFC, accused David Guzman of something similar. And Portland came out and backed their player. And when there were findings of no no evidence, I could say, to, to determine that Guzman had actually said this, they acted as if it didn't happen because there wasn't enough evidence to prove it. We're, mm. we're getting into a slippery slope now, and nothing's being done. Uh, we come out with these, we come out with these um, initiatives, we come out with these different things, mechanisms to try to help the cause, and, and nothing happens. Nothing that you said stood out to me quite as much as when you touched back on culture which is something that you mentioned before. When we talked about the homophobic chant, there's sometimes this defense of, oh, well, it's a cultural thing. You don't understand. Now we hear it again potentially here being used as, oh, well, it's a cultural thing. This word means something different. If your defense is that it was cultural, then what really needs defending is your culture. You, you cannot use that as your fallback. That cannot be the explanation for why you've been accused of using a derogatory term. Simple as that, right? MLS needs to step in uh, and make sure that these don't happen uh, anymore. All right, let's transition, right? Let's get back to the good in Major League Soccer, and there's plenty of it, and plenty of it is coming right now from Orlando City's Nani. Now, this is his golazo from the weekend against Inter Miami. For, for the sake of argument, right, because we can't, we don't have top five goals from this weekend, but we got five Nani golazos from this season, so we're going to make this number five hurt on the Nani top five goals of 2021, and we're only like, what, two months into the season, and he's already got a full top five? He's got probably more than top five, my man. That's all he scores is bangers. Well, we By the way, six goals, is so. this a banger for Alejandro Moreno? I just want to know. Is this a golazo? <laughs> Ale has a, uh, a high bar. A number four against New York City FC. Again, from uh, right around the same spot, yeah? He's kind of got this in his bag, right? We saw it for the first time, I should say. I saw it in what was MLS's back in the tournament out in Orlando. The man just scores golazo. You let him come onto that right foot, he's going to put it anywhere he wants. It's not just a right foot, as we're going to see in this top five. He's got it in his bag with the left foot as well. All right, so number three, a repeat. Because apparently our producers like to pick on Inter-Miami. That's Again, that's our producers like to pick on Inter-Miami here. Oh, isn't this a Clásico? El Clásico del Sol? What is, what is this game called? It should just be Orlando's... It just should be the Clásico de Orlando because they're the, one, the only ones who actually produce anything in these games. Wow. Shots on shots on shots. Uh, Nani putting it in there. Again, Orlando City beating Inter-Miami this weekend by a score of 2-1. to one. All right, that's number three on the countdown of Nani's top five goals so far this season. Number two against the team we were just talking about, Sporting KC. No, no, don't do them like that. Uh, <laughs> it's cheeky, son. That's just a cheeky little finish. And the confidence to try to pull that off. I, I know it's to most in an empty net, but a lot of players second-guess themselves. They don't, they don't react off an instinct like Nani does here. Nani sees the opening. He has a defender in his back. He gives no indication he's going to heal it in and just gives it a no-look. Look at this. Whoop! 
So Sporting Kansas City, the victim at number two. Now, if there was an odds-on favorite to be the victim of any top five goals list at number one this season, it would have to be FC Cincinnati. And would you, would you know it? They're number one here on our list, trying to defend Nani. I told you he had in his bag the left foot, but he took the defender for a ride. It's uh, one way, whoop, cut him back. Second way, whoop, cut him back. And then uh, I'm going to send the keeper the other direction. Nani. I think we only showed four, right? Four of his six goals then <laughs> in this uh, top five as he's... Uh, putting on quite a performance. All right, so he's got six goals so far this season to go along with three assists. Herc, he's got Orlando second yeah. place in the Eastern Conference. Right now, is he your Major League Soccer MVP? No. No, he's not. And, but he's very good. Six goals, Who three is? assists, and what he's doing and where he has Orlando. Uh, Oscar Pareja and Nani are big reasons to why Orlando is second in the East, but he's not because if we look at what's going on in the West, who is leading the league, it's the Seattle Sounders, who arguably have two MLS MVP candidates again, again, in that roster. You've got Raul Ruiz Diaz, who's absolutely crushing it in goals scored. He's only one behind Chicharito Hernandez. And then you have Christian Roldan, who's lighting it up on both ends. And he's MVP performance. And I might add, the defensive end of what is what are the Seattle Sounders, who lost their keeper in the first week of May. They lost an MLS Cup MVP goalkeeper in the first week of May. And they've only let in one goal in open play. Seven against in total. Christian Roldan is a big reason why. And today, those two players are my MVP candidates. Mm -hmm. It's not that Nani isn't doing well. It's not that he's not in the conversation. But he's number three behind those two, if you're asking me. Okay. And you did last play for Seattle in your professional career, right? Just want to remind Correct. folks of that. I also noticed you didn't give Chicharito any love. Ten goal Chicharito, no love. Who's well, got what the, position the are they L They're in third place in the West. Have Come they on. beat Seattle? Two losses. Oh, but who's, who's more valuable to his team? You mentioned two, two Seattle players. They're going to split votes. Oh, no, Chicharito, no, way more valuable. I didn't Not realize it was more valuable. valuable for the Galaxy. Why did you just no, say that no. in the beginning? You asked me no, who's no, more no. valuable in Major League Soccer right now. Who's playing no. better right now? Christian Roldan, Raul Ruiz Diaz, the Seattle Sounders. Everybody else is just noise. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Chicharito with another two goals this weekend, Herc. A brace for Javier Hernandez, his second of the season. As we mentioned, he now has 10 goals in 10 matches for the LA Galaxy. It is very clear that this man, Herc, is going to do every single thing in his power to load up every bit of pressure that he can on Tata Martina to force a call up. Man, just this first goal against San Jose shows the hunger, the movement, shows the chicharito of old, the sprint, the, the awareness in the box, the instinct. Uh, 10 and 10 goals. Uh, by the way, you look at the list of how many players have done it. Fourth in Galaxy history. This man is on a mission, and I could tell you myself from being in a similar position 
of wanting to prove somebody wrong, a national team coach, scoring goals and not getting that opportunity, it's gonna grow. It's gonna fester inside of him in a good way. This man is on a mission and every single goal, it's a knock at Tata Martino's door. Mm. I wonder, Herc, if you would think about adjusting the over-under that you set right now, because I wonder if you agree with me. I don't see any signs of him, both for motivation and because of how well he's playing within this Galaxy setup, of Chicharito slowing down. At this point, I think we got to take that over-under like 20 and a half, don't we? 15 and a half is a thing of the past. I'm still he's going to crush that. I'm still staying between 15 and 20. The season is long and it is grueling, and we're getting to the worst part of the schedule, what is the... Dog days of summer in Major League Soccer. I want to see soccer Saturday in August. I want to mm. see why the national team's playing, why Gold Cup is going on, if that hunger, that motivation is still there. If injury doesn't uh, creep its ugly head in there. If you can do this when most don't, that's what I want to see. I'm keeping my number at 15 to 20. I said post, I said 15 and a half over. So far, I think I'm on a good track. Uh, I got to stay with it. There's still a long ways to go, not only for him, but for this Galaxy team. Okay, I will take the over on that bet. We'll put it officially in the bet book. I got Chicharito over 20 and a half for the season. You'll take the under on that. I'll stick with 15 and a half to 20. That's where I'm sticking Yeah, right you now. said 15 to 20. You're taking the under. Okay, yeah. put it in the bet book, producer. You heard it here first. Chicharito over 20 and a half goals. So just, always producer, just so we're, you were wrong on the original one, and I'm sticking with my <laughs> original pick, and now you're trying to tell. Okay. <laughs> Hey, bro, we just, we'll double down. We'll double down here on Football Americas. All right, speaking of Mexican strikers, let's talk JJ Macias and his increasingly complicated transfer situation uh, with Getafe. All right, at first, the Mexican Federation said he would be out of some friendlies, the upcoming friendlies, because of injury. Then JJ Macias came out and said he's out for Tokyo 2020 um, because of injuries, effectively taking himself out of that competition. Now, the speculation in Mexico is that Getafe is saying, we don't want him on loan, we want him right now for preseason, and that's why we're hearing all of a sudden this extended injury. It flashes back to Chicharito Hernandez when he left Chivas to go to Manchester United. So there's a lot of kind of conspiracy theory around this. But, Herc, it all boils down to one question. If you're JJ Macias, what's more important to you, playing for Mexico in the Olympics or making sure that you're there for preseason for Getafe should you make that European move? Top flight European football. It's Hitafe. And let's just keep this in mind. Let's put this in the context. The decision was made for him. If you've got a nagging injury, and then all of a sudden, Tata Martino and the U23 coach, Jimmy Lozano, make the decision for you because they bring in a player you probably think you're better than, a player you think you can easily compete with, but he's an overaged reinforcement in Henry Martin. Decision's made. This player's going to play. That means you're on the back burner of what it already was, if uh, we're being honest, a roster situation where he was already on the back burner of. He was playing behind Alexis uh, Vega, who isn't a nine. Uh, this goes back to that you know, uh, pre-qualification tournament in Guadalajara where he had the injured ankle and he wasn't doing well. Well, fast forward 15 plus games, no goals. I think the decision was made for him. Now, if you got a little nudge from Getafe and said, hey, listen, you've got a realistic opportunity to come into preseason, win your spot, and be the starter in a La Liga team, well, easy decision for me. And it's a decision that was basically made for him by Tata Martino and Jimmy Lozano. Herc, on Thursday, we talked about the move, whether we liked it or not, with Mauricio Pedrosa. I, I really didn't like the move to Getafe, especially at the time when it was rumored to be alone. Now that we know a little bit more, although admittedly not the full details of the move, is Getafe the right fit for JJ Macias at this point in his career? 
I don't know. Getafe has not, not really been kind to Mexican players. Osvaldo Lanis goes there and then ends up playing virtually nothing, uh, nada. So it's a situation where he's betting on himself. But I, I urge you guys to go watch the, the Amazon Prime Chivas uh, series. It, he's he's a, a protagonista. He's, he's a protagonist in this series. And his demeanor, the way he believes in himself, it's very Cristiano-esque. So if I'm a player with that type of self-belief, that type of confidence, I bet on myself every single time. Give me an opportunity to prove myself. Give me an opportunity to win my position I think he's got an enormous amount of talent and it's about putting the right pieces around him. Like when he was at Leon, he had better players around him. This guy is a goal scorer. He's a very complete player, a very complete nine, different skill set than the majority of nines. And he's young. I think he's going to get better in a Getafe. Maybe not the team that we're used to seeing Mexican players go to or North American players go to and thrive. Situation could potentially be good for him because it's an opportunity. I think that's the comparison, right? You see American players, let's be honest, moving to much bigger clubs. You see a, a, a prime-time player in terms of Mexican youth development. We've been talking about Macias for years, and the big move that he gets is Getafe. One thing we didn't really touch on last week is the manager at Getafe, Michel, Real Madrid legend, but managed at Puma, yep. so must know what he's getting in JJ Macias. How much confidence does that get you? That uh, does that give you that this will actually work out for Macias? Because I think having the manager at least somewhat in your corner, knowing the player you are, is a big, big deal. That's the thing, right there, Sebi. Maybe not that it'll work out, but that he'll get a fair shake. Oftentimes, right. it's technical directors, sporting directors who see a player, bring the player in, and it's a situation like Osvaldo Alanis, where the head coach goes, "Listen, I didn't ask for this player. It wasn't a player that I wanted. Now he's being forced down my." Th- I don't know if I could use him. Well, you've got a situation where it's the coach who brought him in, the coach who asked for him, the coach who's seen him play and played against him. So it's a situation where he knows him and he knows his strengths and his weaknesses and can help him try to succeed in a very difficult league. And listen, I know Setafe. I know it's a, a huge drop from where he was a year and a half ago when we were hearing rumors out of Borussia Dortmund. I know that, but it's still La Liga and you're still competing in a very good league against very good competition with the likes of, yes, Leonel Messi. So if you can do well there, who's to say it's Getafe is the end game? That's not. It's a stepping stone. Fair enough. Let's see where JJ Macias figures into your ranking of the top Mexican number nines. Now, oh, we were going to put this list together. I don't think we're including Raul Jimenez, but you actually have Macias in here at number five. He's a very complete player. I love the way this kid plays. He's just audacious with his opportunities. Why is he struggling now then? Left foot with the head. He combines. He knows how to play as a nine and a half. He could be the center forward, get in in the crosses. He's a very good player. Very good player on the verge of potentially career defining move at number four, Alan Pulido. Look at you, you love MLS. I don't know if it's about MLS or if it's Alain Pulido has exceeded expectations. And listen, we've taken our shots at Alain Pulido. We've taken our shots at the style, the hairdo, the demeanor. But this guy is a footballer. He scores goals and he sets up goals. For what he can build in the attack, for what he adds to you in value and work rate, how young he still is. He's a very good player. And the way Tata Martino plays, he just fits. Number three. Oh, look at you thinking outside the box. Chucky Lozano, the third best Mexican striker. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't have him on there, and then you said, would you consider Chucky Lozano a nine? And I said, well, it doesn't matter if I do, because Tata does, and he's played there, and he seems to be the only one scoring goals. So if that's the case, Chucky Lozano has to be in there as a false nine. The reality is, Chucky Lozano, for, for his country, is a goal scorer. He's a man who gets on the end of things. He can be very one-dimensional at times, but that one dimension hurts. Wow, all right, you got the new guy, Rogelio Funes Mori, in at number two. Explain yourself. There is no explanation. Uh, look at the record, look at the stats, look at the goal scored, the all-time leading goal scorer for Monterrey. He's a great nine. And what I mean by that is his ability to finish plays, his ability to create for himself, his ability to combine and link up with the midfielders, bring them into the game. He's one of the best in the pool, probably the best without Raul Jimenez. But when you have probably the Javier best, but not the best. Hernandez, but not the best. Listen, when you have Javier Hernandez scoring goals, and you could say Javier Hernandez isn't a proper nine with his back to the goal, but he's a goal scorer, the all-time leading goal scorer in Mexican national team history, who seems to be in a good footballing moment, who's only 33 years of age, who's begging pleading for an opportunity and scoring goals, more goals than any other player, how could he not be number one? Okay, so one of the things you mentioned there, all-time leading score in Mexican national team history. I think that has a huge weight and justifiably so for you. Are you telling me that right now for this Mexican national team, there's a game they have to win, right? Your bank account depends on it. You're going Chicharito over Funes Mori. Yeah. Do you want to know why? Really? Do you want to know why? why? He's yep. been there, he's done that. Name one competition. But you're, but you're basing that off the past. I'm talking about right Name now. Name one her. competition that Javier Hernandez has not scored in. Well, Funes Mori has never played for Mexico. I mean, that's an unfair comparison. No, it's not, because it's a big deal when you play for your country. It's a huge deal if you've never been there. It's a huge deal if you never experienced the nerves of representing your country, the crest, the flag, the responsibility of playing in the World Cup, the responsibility so of playing Mori for can't a handle that. game. You don't think Funes Mori can handle that? I never said that. But you're asking me who would you rather? I'd rather go with tried and tested. I'd rather go mm. with Javier Hernandez, the all-time leading goal scorer, who's scoring more goals than any other Mexican player right now. That's where I would put my money. It's money that I want to keep, Sebi. I enjoy my <laughs> money. I do fun things with my money. I want to keep it going. <laughs> Fair enough. That's why we always have the bed book to make sure that we're accountable for everything that we say here on Football America. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's run it back Euro style. Euros are going on right now. Somehow I, I snuck a day off to sneak away and do this show. Don't tell them. Don't tell them we're here. Uh, from Euros, Casper Dolbear. How about this Denmark team, huh, Herc? Amazing watching them play and do everything they've done this in the last 17 This is a scary days. team if you're in the Euros right now. You do not want to face belief, hope, dangerous things, and this team has all of that. I would not want to be in their way, Seb. Next in their way, Czech Republic in the quarterfinals. Later this week, Denmark one win away from a so improbable semi-final appearance. 
into the quarterfinals, Belgium. Thanks to a hazard, not eaten. Torgen Golasso Herc. I guess the big question here is: Four. Is Rui Patricio on the hook? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's that's not when that ball's moving. You got to cut him some slack. Shaka would cut him some slack <laughs> if Shaka was here. He got a finger on it. You can't get a glove on it and not stop this. This wasn't in the corner, my friend. Don't talk about movement. The keeper eats it. Look, he's already going one way, catches him the other. Say what you want. This has to be on Patricio. All right, fair enough. Belgium into the quarterfinals where they get Italy. What a matchup uh, that will be. You know who's not going to the quarterfinals? The Dutch. Uh-oh. They lose 2-0 uh -oh. to Czech Republic in a round of 16. Patrick Schick gets his fourth goal of the tournament. But the big story here, Netherlands out in the round of 16 after going unbeaten through the group phase. And they're out in the round of 16 under their manager. Who is it again? Oh, yes. Oh. Our old friend, Frank De Boer. Now, before we give you our opinions on the latest Frank Fracasso, uh, let's listen into what Jose Mourinho famously a few years ago had to say about our good buddy FDB. I read something, uh, some, some quote from uh, the worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank De Boer. Uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. Um, where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have a, a coach like me because the most important thing for me is to win. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose because he lost every game. Well, color me surprised. Very, very surprised that Frank De Boer's team went out in the round of 16. Herc, you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I, I don't understand how this manager keeps failing up. He's failed mm. everywhere he's been. Uh, we've heard the rumors of what it's like to be inside the locker room with Frank DeBoer, the way he doesn't trust his players, the way he micromanages, the way he it's his way or the highway, uh, the cultural differences at times and the way he doesn't understand the player. It's, it's no surprise to me that, one, Holland, the way they played in the group stage, I should say, I'm sorry, Netherlands, the way they played in the group stage, uh, very fitting of who they are in their history, but that's just individual talent. You go into these very important games and Frank reverts to his pragmatic self. He's very much against the grain, against the DNA of what it is uh, to play for the Netherlands and their rich history. This is what we've seen throughout his coaching career. Uh, forget about Atlanta United, go to Crystal Palace, uh, go to any other team you've seen him play at. And, and Mourinho's right. He's not a winner. And this yeah. is when he was at Manchester United. He's making these statements. It, it's a coach that has failed up. Yeah, and he always seems to end up on an island, kind of isolating himself from the rest of the group, right? It seemed like he couldn't really fit in with Atlanta United. And if you look at what happened with this Dutch team, Herc, the identity of Dutch football is playing a 4-3-3. Yeah. And this guy said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play a 3-5-2. Now, in some countries, you can get away with changing the style a little bit. But in Netherlands, you can't. Before the tournament, they literally flew a plane over his training session with a banner behind it that said, Frank, just stick with the 4-3-3. He wouldn't do it. He was stubborn, probably quite similarly to the way he was in Atlanta, and it didn't work Sub. out. And I got to say, they were toothless. Even before that red card to the Licht, oh, yeah. which definitely changes the game, they were totally toothless. Not a single shot on goal in that match. Hurt. Ronald Koeman left you a blueprint. All you mm -hmm. had to do was do the exact same thing, and you managed to blow it up. This is a yep. team that was very, very good in the Nations League, very good under Koeman. And what did you do? You ruined it. You fell up yep. again, my friend. 
Ronald Koeman left him a great blueprint. So did Tata Martino. And in neither case Ooh. could Frank DeBoer continue that and make it even better. All right, let's keep moving on from the Euros. Uh, incredible scenes earlier today. Spain and Croatia, round of 16. Unai Simon, Herc. I mean, we've seen this before, but at this level? Simon, too! Unai! Now, I'm, I've it's been reading like a lot, and I've been hearing really a lot of people trying to put this on Pedri. Uh, are you for reals? I understand outside of the goalposts, so things don't happen. But Unai Simon, this is the simplest of passes. And under no circumstances should you ever give this own goal to Pedri. Own it, Unai! 5-3, though, uh, in the end. Spain ends up winning over Croatia in extra time. Herc, you cool with this? Cristiano Ronaldo throwing the captain's armband in frustration after Portugal go out to Belgium in the round of 16. Am I cool with it? Nah, do I see a huge problem with it like I've been reading? Nah, I don't either. Listen, this is the all-time leading goal scorer in international men's history. He's frustrated after defending the Euros and going out the way they did in a game where probably should have done a lot more. Uh, it probably was for more for Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal. They didn't do it. He's frustrated. He does what he does. I don't have a huge problem with it, but am I cool with it? Meh. Meh. Let, let me ask you this. Would you do it? No, I wouldn't do it. It doesn't mean it I have a problem with it. You know, okay. There's a lot of things okay. I wouldn't do. Fair enough. All right, uh, let's continue the show with a Run It Back 2.0. This time from Euros we go to Copa America. Leon's Angel Mena with a huge... Her huge goal for Ecuador against Brazil. Angel Mena, the Leon forward, uh, who's made a living out of scoring golazos and timely ones with the right foot against Brazil. Let's be honest though, Brazil resting a lot of players. No Neymar already through Ecuador. Must win game for them after a Militao golazo. Ridiculous header. He gets his goal. Parting shots, usually it's shots coming from you or from me this time. Uh, no, it's coming from the U.S. Women's National Team and from the Federation as these two go back and forth. The uh, women releasing a documentary, LFG, about their legal pursuit of equal pay on Thursday and the contents of it drawing quite the response, Herc, from the Federation. A 17, count them, 17 tweet thread also released from the U.S. Soccer communications account on Thursday. Part of it read that the film featured a, quote, concerning level of dishonesty and that one of the lawyers representing the U.S. women, Jeffrey Kessler, quote, presents a misleading and inaccurate account of the facts. This back and forth over this equal pay case has been raging for years. It really initially started, if you want to be honest, going way back to before the Olympics in 2016. I think we can safely say at this point, negotiations not going well. Not going well, and I want to make sure we give this this discussion. Excuse me, this discussion is proper representation at the proper moment, and I want to give you a chance to watch the film. I watched it myself, and bring in Julie, bring in whoever else we want to bring in here, and really give it what it deserves. Uh, but the response to the film by U.S. Soccer was that of that crazy ex where you get a four-page text, and you're like, "Oh man, I'm not reading that. Like, what's going on here?" It's a public display now that's gotten quite embarrassing, the way that U.S. soccer continues to shoot themselves in the foot, the way that we can't come to some sort of agreement with this. It's something that I don't quite understand, and, and watching the film, you get a good idea of what these women have gone through, uh, Jessica McDonald and, 
and what she's gone through with her son and everything like that that puts few things in perspective but also in the film and let's be quite honest there are a few uh, things that are maybe contradicting that I would love to examine at a future point. Look, Herc, it should surprise probably nobody at the Federation that the U.S. women are taking this battle to the court of public opinion, and frankly, yeah. uh, they are winning it. If oh, I yeah. could give just one bit of advice, and name it, that may not be what matters, right? At the end of the day, what happens in the court is what ultimately will make the decision uh, in this. But if, if I could give one bit of advice to the folks at the Federation, it would just be be a little bit more transparent. And what I mean by that is we don't need a 17-tweet thread herc from the U.S. soccer, not main account, but communications account after hours on a Thursday Eastern time. We don't need quotes from a male spokesperson from the Federation to journalists who are writing articles reviewing LFG. What we need is the president of the Federation who happens to be, Herc, a former U.S. women's national team player, Cindy Parlo-Cone, to come out and say that this group of women and the lawyers that are respecting them are being disingenuous about the numbers. When I hear it from Cindy Parlo-Cone, I will believe it. Until then, I'll believe what the women are putting in front of me. Simple as that. Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair. U.S. soccer has a great opportunity because of who is the president of U.S. soccer, and we've heard nothing. Also, U.S. soccer declined to participate in this documentary, and one could understand maybe why they would decline to participate, uh, but still, we've not heard from Cindy Cohen. You're absolutely right, and she's the figurehead of U.S. soccer. You would assume you would hear from her. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Our show, as always, an open invite for folks from both sides to come and discuss this obvious very important matter in American soccer. All right, that's it for us. He's Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar, and we will see you on Thursday for the next edition of Don't Football Don't email me soccer. Just come right on the show. On ESPN+. Plus. <laughs>